John's like Beetlejuice. If we talk about him, he'll show yes. up. That's that's true. It's worked the last two times. So I know what I know. can say to get. I know what I can say to get him to join. Seven characters, password complexity is plenty. Yeah. <laughs> John just pops in. Yeah. Trigger word. What? Yeah. They. Someone earlier in chat said, "How you know you you're in a room with no windows and no doors. How do you get out? Here's all you have to do is say that seven summon characters. John. Yes, you can summon John through the wall. It's like Kool Aid Man." <laughs> yes. fix the wall from work, our deck, if it doesn't home. work then try venture capitalism or something like that and <laughs> investors investors yeah i'd like to buy black hills <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is obviously a bingo card for how to call john strand yeah <laughs> middle management is a necessity <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus it's not working guys i don't know what I else know. to say we're trying everything. Welcome to Black Hills Information Security. Talking about the news. I'll be your host today, Ralph May, because John's off saving the world as he is or training groups of people. Uh, you know, wherever he's up to. We tried summoning him earlier, but we were unable to. Uh, today, we're going to talk about all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, mainly ransomware? No. Uh, but Reevil did get taken down, and the government's getting involved in uh, whether our security is good or not, uh, amongst many other stories. And we have a cast of characters here, not as many as usual, but the ones who show up are the best ones. Uh, we have Corey Ham. <laughs> Ralph, are you we wearing got- a hoodie? I am wearing a hoodie. It's in Florida, too. It is cold that, here. It is I, over 50. I cannot like 50. believe that you even own a hoodie. <laughs> I know. I know. It's wild. It is. We got Noah and we got Ryan, who makes us all look pretty and keeps us moving around in circles and stuff. We're Brady bunched right now. Squares around. That's we're, yeah. we're Brady bunched. For sure. For sure. Uh, so what do you guys want to talk about? But you said Revil got taken down. What does that even mean? I I didn't know you could take down ransomware. Ah, uh, they yeah, did. Also, they took... I thought we took them down before, and then again. No, no, we're and then... we're taking we're taking them down again. But this time, Russia's getting involved. So Russia, the FSB, I think is uh, the proper uh, name for their I don't know mob squad, took or arrested. Uh, they searched 25 addresses and detained 14 people. What's funny is there's actually a video, uh, it was on Twitter or something, of them like doing the arrest or whatever. I mean, it, it seemed very propagandish. That's just my pendant. But anyways, they uh, arrested, uh, like I said, 14 people. They seized 426 million rubles, which sounds like play money, but it's not. 600,000 uh, euros and... Uh, 600,000... Doll hairs and five hundred thousand euros. Euros. There you go. There you go. You nailed it. Uh, and then the computer equipment and twenty luxury vehicles. I just wonder what kind of cars they were. Corey would be interested. So, I, yeah. I stole your computer. Send me a car. No, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> I assume they were uh, using them to store assets, right? Probably. Well, if yeah. you if you look at like the video too, like it, I will agree with, with uh, Ralph. It was very like propaganda ish. 
Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was like just like opening like the kitchen drawer and then like money in there. And you're like, OK, come <laughs> on, guys. <laughs> like on just the knives. Who thinks? Yeah. Someone said a lot. It was probably like it was 20,000 Lottas, which is worth ten dollars. Um, but yeah, basically, I wonder, is this real? Do we think do we do we think uh, this is a real uh, takedown so- or is this just Russia playing fun games? So I think the bigger question is, is like, does it matter? Is it really going to stop the gang? And I don't think so. And honestly, I it it appeared in in my personal opinion that it looked like kind of just like, hey, we we roughed him up a little. Don't worry. We're we're not letting them, you know, do their own thing. We're in control here. Um, Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, don't think it's gonna I just anything. saw an episode of the show The Americans, which is about Russian spies living in the United States. And after watching the show that I just watched, where they the, the two countries were uh, Russia and I think it was Israel, I think were ones involved in this storyline, and they made some sort of back deal to exchange spies or something. And then the public facing story was something completely different. So it just makes me wonder, like, what was the deal that the U.S. made with Russia behind uh-huh. the scenes to get this sort of a headline <laughs> in place? That's that's where I was thinking. But we don't, there's you can have Ukraine. Here. It's a front. You take Ukraine, then we'll take these criminals. <laughs> yeah. If you let us invade Ukraine, then you have to arrest these Reeville people because they're worse. <laughs> I feel I like know. it's not a great trade, like trading a whole country. <laughs> it's one country for, I don't know. I've I, I played Risk, okay? You don't just give up whole countries. Uh, by the way, everyone, we are definitely hypothesizing here <laughs> what happened. Yeah, we, Who knows? we are not political science people. We have no idea what we're talking about when it comes to or geopolitical just science matters. people in general. Like, yeah. Or basically method. even people. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, I'm hardly a computer science person, let alone just a regular science person. So, so let me ask the real question: Do you guys think that this is going to actually stop the gang, or uh, when I say the gang, I mean Re-Evil, or does it matter what? I I think Re-Evil will return in season three. I, I think <laughs> I think we'll see it again, but that's just me. It, this is already season two, isn't it? Because it already yeah. was taken yeah. down once. This is like the yeah. season finale of season two, and season three will pop back here in a little bit. I mean, I think it also goes back to attribution. I mean, the code is probably out there at this point. Anyone can take it and run with it as a service or as a, you know, group. And I mean, like, then there's the whole thing about, like, we will definitely see the name again. They will come, like, someone will come back claiming to be Revil. Whether it's actually them or not, I I don't know. But they're going to try to use that name. They're going to try to recycle that name. Is it anonymous? Is anonymous still around? feel like they mm. still are. How, how they've They're, been taken down 100 times. No, Anonymous is still around. They're still around. But so check this out. Another story we had, and this is very much related. I guess Russia also arrested one of the hackers behind the colonial pipeline attack, right? I, I guess like they're just, this was all like one, either they were part of Re-Evil. Like, I think this they is, were, weren't they? Yeah. Was it was it Re-Evil that did the colonial? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was. Never it mind. Was. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, but like, anyways, I think they got more than one because they got them yeah. all. Yeah. So, anyway, that's what they say. They yeah, got all the what... guys that were chosen to take the fall. Right. Yeah. They got all. They got ten out of ten scapegoats. So, did do you think they drew straws or what? What do you think? Like the Russian method of deciding? Who, oh no, you know, no, no, no. Okay. Sorry. We we've we've got we got we got our signals crossed. Dark side were the colonial pipeline people. 
Oh, and okay. then Revil was a- another ransomware group. I thought they so. had some partnerships still. Are but, you telling yeah. me they're 1099ing these ransomware developers? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, hey, I have a super successful ransomware business. Would you like me to show how? And they're like, and the other group is like, oh. yeah, it's been a little slow for us. So you know what? For some hands-on training, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> just just to clear it up, and according to this story, I guess they're saying that this person worked for both or could have worked for both simultaneously. Re-Evil and uh, Dark, Dark Side. Side, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and this is according to the FBI. I don't know, man. This is definitely feeling like some deal with Russia and the U.S. to like, you know, either knock some heads or some, some kind of trade was going on. I don't know. Or that guy had, you know, done things that Russia didn't like. Yeah. And so they were like, you can have him. We don't want him. The real question yeah. is, what car did he drive? This guy that worked for both ransomware actors. Was it a Lada or was it something else? Ooh, that's a good question. What kind of car does a ransomware operative drive? Right? Depends Jeopardy. on how successful they are. <laughs> Probably Windows XP. Wait, no, that's not a car. <laughs> It'll crash. <laughs> Windows XP equals Lada. Same thing. All right. So anyways, ransomware is all solved. Uh, Russia solved it and made it at the same time, which is really fun stuff. That's how you win. You create the problem, then you solve it. Yeah, no, definitely. You create it, and then you solve it. Uh, Just like antivirus companies that go and make viruses <laughs> on the side. Oh, wait, that doesn't exist. Oh, man. So how do I protect against ransomware? Can I just switch to Chrome OS? No, wait, that... for, wait for season three, Corey, when they start dropping their anti-ransomware software. Well, see, like, that, that's, oh. a, that's another news story because, Ryan, there's a, there's a news story that says hotel chain switches to Chrome OS to recover from <laughs> ransomware attack. <laughs> okay, so it's Nordic Choice Hotels, which operates 200 hotels across Northern Europe. They were ransomware on December 2nd. Uh, with Conti, which we all know, we've seen their op notes. They're better than every pen tester's op notes. Um, They're good. Then they couldn't get to their data, etc. But now they did a press release and basically said, "We have ne- <laughs> we didn't negotiate. Solved it. <laughs> we did not negotiate with the terrorists. We have switched to Chrome OS. <laughs> Two thousand computers were converted over the company." The hotel chain explained. They use a tool called CloudReady, which can prepare and port old Windows and Mac computers to Chrome OS. I mean, I oh guess on, on one hand, it just seems like almost a joke. It's like you crash your car, you just buy another car. It's like I <laughs> instead of it, no, it, this is more With longer airbags. I mean, that said, Chrome OS is where everything is going. I mean, that those level, like those browser level OSs, uh, realistically, that's where they're going. But I would almost argue that it's not like you crashed your car and bought another car. You, you crashed your car, then you like bought like a moped, and you're like, this is much better because I can't crash a car if I only own a moped. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I will say that it is the, the funny thing they said is that they can save 60 million, which is 6.7 million, by not buying new hardware because I assume Chrome OS will run on like a potato. So it's like they have like <laughs> oh, yeah. 19, you know, they have like 1999 yeah. Dell Optiplex, you know. <laughs> giant things and they're like running chrome os people are like wow this is so fast my browser yeah. loads amazingly quick yeah it's the whole thing and then so, like, uh, like operatives are like wait a second those root kits from 1999 just came back online <laughs> does anyone know i mean i i haven't done a deep dive on chrome os i know it's like limited privilege linux environment linux based environment 
it's basically think like Android, but apply it to a desktop. You don't have root privileges like you never had root privileges like privileges. It, you don't you don't have any of that. So until you actually root it, you have to root it like an Android phone. And I assume it's a restricted ecosystem. All the apps that you can install yeah. are. I mean, I you guess you don't really install apps. You just use Google Sheets. You and just Google use Form. web apps and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If we've seen it before, we've seen it five years ago. You can totally still ransomware cloud-based stuff. No, yeah. You just yeah. you just take a control over the account and change the password, and then say <laughs> if you want your files back. <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's well, also and, yeah. And I mean, there's like there's different there's three different types of ransomware, but the two most common is one is like we're going to crypto lock all your stuff. The other is we're going to take sensitive information like. That still best, applies. They're yeah. only trying. They're only trying to fix the one type of ransomware. The I have sensitive information, like you know, social security numbers and stuff like that. You can still just pull that off. I will say the press release was a bad idea because now someone's writing a ransomware for Chrome OS. Chrome OS. wise, opsec wise, they're just like, all right, I know how I'm getting in now, right? Because so- you know it's going to be probably a young environment running chrome so yeah you can basically look for like common misconfigurations in chrome os and start prying from that point yeah and at the end of the day i think it's kind of a oh look over here we're doing something interesting don't worry about this pile of flaming garbage in the lobby look over here i mean i it is, yeah, and also the data was breached online and was leaked. So, no, 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 but they moved to Chrome OS. Don't forget about that. Oh, sorry, you know, what? We're on, we're oh, on they Chrome. Moved to Chrome yes. OS. Yeah, that, yeah. That don't worry about that. that. Leaked oh. data that's fixed when you go to Chrome OS. I, I was no wondering problem. how my credit card got stolen. Chrome OS. No, I'm just kidding. Chrome OS. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I, I guess honestly, though, you are right that Noah was right that I think that this is probably the way things are going, right? I the mean, thing is, too, though, like they say that they're going to Chrome OS, but how does that actually? I mean, you can do some stuff that way, but what about their credit card readers? Are they running well, on Chrome yeah. OS? Like, what about their, do they have like a, a POC in like the little guest lobby store thing that is running probably still on Windows? I mean, yeah, I mean, I would say skip the difference and go straight to <laughs> iOS. Just go with right. as a service everything. Like that's what a lot. Like every no, everyone just uses Square or whatever. You know, like you you don't actually like. Are we a credit card processor? No, we just you. That you know, I guess hotels have more of a complex application, but I'm sure there's you know, IKEA style Scandinavian web interface for hotels that you can use. Yeah, right. Hotel OS. That'll be the hotel next one, right? <laughs> That's even just better made yet. just made for hotels. Just all for the you. folders are called rooms. <laughs> <laughs> you have to check into the room. <laughs> room service oh. is what they replace demons with. It, it could it, this has some legs. This can go. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're giving these ideas away for free on this podcast. Oh yeah, for just sure. Just announced the new competitor to Temple OS, Hotel OS. Is that all the ransomware hits? We got more yeah, ransomware I, hits. I, th- I think that's all the ransomware hits. So for everyone, there's a QNAP uh, one, but oh yeah, don't, yeah. don't skip the QNAP one. That they're going to switch to Chrome OS too. Uh, I think they pretty much are Chrome OS, but uh, yeah. So QNAP are <laughs> this is Log4j based, isn't it? Or no? It, I think so. Is it? 
I know they got. I know they got kind of put on the hot seat because of the uh, the dog four J stuff in their products, but I'm not sure if this is that. It doesn't really say in the article. Yeah, I guess it doesn't no. say. I just kind of was under the impression that it was, but no, I think they're just getting attacked. So for everyone who doesn't know, QNAP is a NAS bender that makes you know these small home consumer. They do have some enterprise. Somewhat. Oh, they, and they're used in the enterprise though. Yeah, like, they are. I, and- I've walked in there and seen entire. <laughs> Like ESXi clusters running on them for storage. So they're just, uh, you know, it's a storage operating system. And this is actually similar to Synology as well. And they're obviously being targeted for attacks because a lot of people will, you know, have them at their house and they'll open them publicly uh, to the internet so they can access some of the services that are behind that. They are designed for that. But obviously, when you set these up, you're just like, oh, I turned it on. It works good. But you don't really think about configuring any of the security settings and of course, they're being attacked, and there's lots of them, and it's easy to scan the internet to find out what they are, if their version, and if they're just improperly configured. It says UPnP, which is like basically your the device, the QNAP device can punch a hole in your firewall for itself. Like yes. QNAP has said, don't enable UPnP. But I assume if you read the setup <laughs> it guide, ships it says with it on right. It ships with it on. So it's like they're they're like blaming your firewall for having UPnP enabled, and really their <laughs> device is like, hey, why? firewall, let me out. Why? Them. Why did you do that? Why did you ask? I mean, first off, but I will also say though, like in QNAP's defense, like I've used some of their hardware. It's not half bad in some cases. They also provide a security check tool where you can basically just go into the menu and hit the security check, and it will tell you where your misconfigurations are. It will tell you, even in this case, that, hey, by the way, UPnP, which we enabled for you, but UPnP punched a hole through and the web interface is available on this port on your firewall. Yeah, QNAP is only being targeted because they're popular. It's not a particularly badly designed yeah. or weak product it's just this is a common attack it's similar to like all those netgear devices from years ago it's not more than anything it's just that they don't get a lot of updates and i don't yeah. know if they had like built-in auto update to these de- older devices or not but i mean i yeah. don't know about some of the older stuff but on the more modern stuff they definitely do so yeah, if you do have a qnap some... device please either patch it or just take it off the internet <laughs> Just disconnect the cable. No, so, and I mean, I think this is just more of like a, hey, they're they're targeting you more than like you're definitely vulnerable. But, um, you know, yeah. the other thing is that UPnP, like, probably should disable it and just open up the firewall port yourself. Um, just, you know, decent OPSEC and decent yeah. security configurations. I mean, so, so the and, one thing I would say for this is like, depending on your skill level, like this is set up in such a way, obviously with UPnP, that's, it's very minimal skill level. But if you have the like next level of skill level up, if you want to have remote access to something like that, then like set it up behind Cloudflare or something like that. I mean, it's free. Yeah. So. Or VPN or, you know, a thousand other ways to do or it. Zero trust with Cloudflare, but, you know. Zero trust. Yeah. Zero trust with Cloudflare is if you do have that level of awareness. I do think, don't you have to pay by the gig for that? No, it's, uh, it's free. They have a free plan. You're yeah. like up to a certain amount. I mean, you're not going to make Is it users or gigabytes? Because if you're doing your backup so <laughs> remotely. <laughs> it, it's users, I think. It's like 25 users or something like that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No issue. Yeah. And I think if you like run too many gigabytes of traffic through it, they'll be like, hey, you need to start paying. But if you're just using it for some basic remote access you're and you're not like transferring like ISO images every day, all day, you'll be fine. Yeah. It is a product for someone that probably doesn't have that skill level. 
to set that up. But oh yeah, I mean, like I said, if you're using UPnP, you know, that's non- that's pretty much the basic home user. I mean, UPnP is made for the whole plug and play aspect. Basically, you plug it in, it sets everything up for you. Well, this is but, why, you know what I do? I just run Apple devices, which have no vulnerabilities at all that we should not talk about. <laughs> no, not no vulnerabilities. They, they're they immune to all viruses. There's, oh. There's definitely not any backdoors, are there, Ralph? No, but uh, yes, there is actually. So Windows, <laughs> Mac OS, and Linux all have been susceptible to a recent backdoor that has been undetected until now. I guess they're calling this one, I'm not sure who coined it, but it doesn't matter. Um, uh, what is it, like Rat J, I think it is, or something? No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's cis joker man cis it sounds joker. like something matt eidelberg would uh, make <laughs> oh yeah it does sound like something matt would make matt did not make this anyway so cis joker oh. is uh c++ and it uh targets uh linux mac os uh fully undetected from virus total so if you submitted it to virus total it would have said you're good which i don't know if that's the bar of entry we're gonna go with here but let's do it but yeah, it had been undetected for a while, and uh, it affected all three OSs. So Mac OS is not safe. Everyone, throw out your Macs. We're all getting Chrome, baby. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it doesn't say Linux. anything. It doesn't say anything about Chrome OS, though. It only says yeah. Linux, which yeah. Linux like is different because they've taken Linux and fixed it. That's that's what they did. Really, Chrome OS is more of a port off of Android than it is of in a than it is of off of Linux. Now, Android is a port off of Linux, but, you know. They wrote it in C++, so I, I you know what, I'm going to go ahead and say they were advanced. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't your I normal said- run-of-the-mill Python malware, folks. <laughs> I guess the file masqueraded as a TypeScript app uh, and On got Mac. into, yeah, and NPM uh, JavaScript uh, repositories, too. It would, um, yeah, I'm hoping that, I, I'm hoping that ours, you know, DFIR security friends that do blogs publish some cool stuff about this because I'll be very interested to see how they implemented different portions of this on different OSs. Personally, I have done a lot of testing of EDR products on cross platforms. Like I did a test where it was testing similar techniques against all three OSs. And I will tell you that when you're not on Windows, a lot of these products are just like, um, I saw something. I'm not sure what it was because it didn't have a Windows event code or anything. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, I mean, obviously that can that will change over time and products will improve. But it is interesting. Cross-platform rats. Who knew? Yeah, I guess this one um, has a server or a control server domain, uh, or it gets the control server domain by decoding a string retrieved from a text file hosted on Google Drive. Which, uh, you know, Google makes Chrome OS, so maybe they're part of the whole game. But, um, and then uh, <laughs> the, uh, the server name is uh, changing all the time. So the, this actually domain name. So they're, they're getting the control server DNS name from Google Drive and it's rotating uh, often. So That seems like a not great IOC, but I guess it worked. So I can't really say it's stupid. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess they were saying that they thought that um, during the uh, when they were looking at it that the uh, attacker may be monitoring the infected machines, so uh, active. I don't know. Fun stuff, though. Yeah, it'll be interesting as more details unfold. But it does have mm. a cool name. It does have a cool name, Sis Joker. That's a pretty good name. So Sis Joker, whoever named it, I, good job. I in t- in I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> this name. Intezer. 
Entezer? I don't know. Some do, security firm. If you discover it, do you get to coin the name or yeah. is there like oh, a committee? That's the only reason people do malware analysis. <laughs> that's it. We have pretty much... Uh, I'm going to be the next shell shock. Well, the other way that malware gets named is they give it a, like the malware researcher gives it a name. And then no. later the like developer reaches out to them and they're like, no, you got it all wrong. It's really called this. And then, yeah, that's how you get those names. Honestly, I'm shocked it wasn't written in Java because it was cross-platform. But yeah, but then it'd been uh, susceptible to uh, log4j. 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 Yeah. Someone's and testing then... log4j payloads and then they get a callback from some guy's C2 server. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay. No, you know a good team. They would they would have patched it right away and sent it out to all their agents. So. That's they, yeah, that's they, what you pay for with the premium ransomwares nowadays, you know. Yeah, the premium ransomware, you get the premium service and you know the premium rats and there's a lot of so premium. There's no stuff, other right? Apple vulnerabilities, right? Nothing with the encryption. We've never talked about that before. No. Or any Safari. No, no, no Apple. Uh, I, I came good. here to feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, so I guess Apple's been having a fun one. Yeah, so uh, iPhone or Apple's on. Well, we, we're talking about the Safari one first. So um, I guess Safari's got a bug that allows uh, websites to track your recent browser activity in real time, which is pretty fun stuff. I guess it is an index DB leak, and they're able to be able to look at your uh, traffic in real time, which I'm not exactly sure how they were doing it. Did anyone dive a little bit deeper into this one? I didn't, but it looks like it was this database generated by Safari that was like insufficient permissions were on that database. Mm, Why? It creates, there are artifacts created by websites that can be traced to specific websites. And yeah, if you're wondering, let's see, is it... (laughs) Ryan's not vulnerable. For anyone that... For anyone that pulled my uh, browser history, I apologize. I swear I actually know how to write Python. I wasn't just Googling Python format string like 300 times. Uh, don't <laughs> question it. I, it was showing someone else. My brother took my computer. Uh, um, no, here's what I have questions on. They did this and you were doing this on your phone? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, dude. Safari runs on you, Safari runs on Mac? I mean... Uh, I mean, I uninstall it immediately. I don't. I don't use it on Mac. Actually, well, I don't you think you can install Safari. One does not simply. One does not simply uninstall Safari. Uninstall Safari. Challenge accepted. So there's the bug is fixed. Your data, your you know browser history data. Let's be real. How often is this already being mined anyway? I mean, Amazon knows where I've been. I get, oh ads my God. For, I get ads for stuff that's so specific that I don't even know that I want it. But And you buy um, it. That's the worst so, part. But it's not yeah. great when it's the browser itself that's supposed to be like, you know, Apple's a privacy company. They they protect you. Right. We care, well, we care about you. And, and I mean, it's not privacy. like a browser is, 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 is at the same significance as like a operating system by chance. I mean... Or like they're building an entire operating system on the back of a browser, you know. Chrome S, Chrome OS, Safari OS. Yeah, it's not Safari OS. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure that iOS is basically Safari OS at this point. 
Yeah. yeah, a little bit fancier. I think it's funny, though, in the article, they're like, private, private browsing mode does not protect you against this. Private browsing mode does not detect or does not prevent protect. anything. Like, protect you from anything. <laughs> anything. Just you, sort don't of put auto- it in private mode and be like, oh, yeah, now I can go to any site I want. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dark web, here I come. I just, yeah. I, just love, I just love how in, like, you switch to incognito mode or something like that, you know? <laughs> and it's like, has to give you a whole disclaimer like this will not protect you from your employer like if you watch <laughs> porn on your work computer in this mode you will still get caught i i feel like when people click on that they're like literally pull their hoodie over they're like all right i got this <laughs> homework folder is about to get a little bigger yeah exactly <laughs> anyways so yeah i guess use a different browser someone mentioned the opera browser i don't have personal experience with that but firefox is always a solid choice I, I will say, I'm not sure. There's only a few actual different browsers. It's like cell carriers, where there's like actually only three, but everyone just yeah. resells the same three. So I think, you know. Well, well, there's like three good ones, and then there's like seven viruses that people like to use <laughs> occasionally, too. I feel like John has mentioned the Opera browser, so I'll say it's a, probably a pass, but I don't really know. It's it's like one of the four, but... It's- <laughs> I'm always a Firefox person, but they've come, you know, the, the Mozilla the Foundation... Thing is, is- the more you go through it, there's like really only three. Like, well, it is not even three. There's not three. It's just two. It's it's really it's it's like Firefox and then Chromium, and then yeah. they yeah. just reskin That's Chromium. Cool. Firefox, yeah. Safari, and Chrome. Yeah, Safari. Safari, 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 Chrome. Safari is still just Chrome. Safari is they, just Chrome. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's yeah. not. <laughs> I well, have to defend them at this moment of weakness. <laughs> Edge is Chrome. Edge is Chrome. I think Opera is Chrome too, Opera right? Is Chrome. Opera, Opera and, is Chrome. Opera is Chrome. Brave is Chrome. Chromium is obviously Chrome. And when we say is Chrome, we mean the Chromium open source version, not the yeah. closed source. But yeah, you know, put on your tinfoil hat and go down the rabbit hole of where the source code matters. Yeah, so there's no other Apple vulnerabilities. Most of right, your browsers, Ralph? most of your browsers are just Chromium OS, like or just Chromium OS. They're Chromium. That and then like where you send all your data has been pointed to a different direction. So you're like, oh, I don't want to send it to Google. So like, okay, cool, send it to Microsoft. Oh, I don't want to send it to those guys. Okay, cool, send it to Brave. You know, it just it just changes where you point the data. Otherwise, it's the same code. Yeah, it is, and there definitely is more Apple vulnerabilities. Uh, Mac OS has got a new vulnerability called Power Directory, and it could lead to unauthorized user data access. This Published like by Microsoft. One. Ironic. Oh, <laughs> come on. I feel like this is like shooting cannons at each other. Like, oh, look what we could discover with your it vulnerable It was the Defender OS. research team, though, right? So it's not yeah. like it's actually like Bill Gates didn't find this. <laughs> that's like, that's what he thinks about. He's doing all this great philanthropy. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He's going to take a moment to stop. He's like, you know what? Actually, <laughs> I have on. some unresolved conflict here with it's, Apple. It's, it's been a while since I picked on Apple. Let me just sit down and uh, hash out a new vulnerability. So this is Shrootless, which I assume is a Dwight Schrut reference. Just kidding. <laughs> the following oh, discovery of Shrootless. I think this is different. This is Powder. 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 It's powder. So they're, they're, they're going hard Hold on, on, Hold on. Given that name, I've got an idea. The vulnerability is in PowerShell when you install it on Mac OS. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> that is not true, but it should be. That would be actually really funny. They're like, dear Apple, you need to fix this. And it's like, it's PowerShell. So, this one yeah. has been patched. It said at mm-hmm. the end. 
to run through this vulnerability at an extremely high level, Somewhere. not a researcher at Microsoft, there's this thing in Mac that prevents your home your your home directories and other directories from being accessed by applications. If you go, you open up a terminal and you CD documents, it pops up in this TCC, which is what? Transparency, consent, and control. Basically says, do yeah. you want to give this application access to your documents folder or your downloads folder or your pictures or whatever? Kind of like the UAC on steroids, but for Mac. Yeah. It's like UAC if you could do it if you could actually, if it was useful, if you could actually right. go in and see like what has access to what directories, and it's also directory specific for like your downloads, you can give it things access to downloads and not access to your documents or whatever. I believe this exploit lets you bypass those controls. So you can yeah, use so, this exploit. Go ahead, Ralph. Oh, no, I was going to say you can access the TCC database and change uh, and grant arbitrary permissions uh, to any app you choose, uh, including, right. including malicious apps. And yeah. it's a pretty simple, like, what is this? A, oh, no, that's the source code. What? It's a SQL, it's a SQLite database. It's, yeah, but it, literally you can use a built-in command line tool to trigger this vulnerability. Oh, so. that's how you know it's good. But there's also yeah. a public like bash script exploit that you can use to check if you're vulnerable. Oh, but... the directory services command line utility is what yes. uh, DSCL, and that allows you so, to um, change it out. There have been uh, a long line of these kinds of vulnerabilities in this TCC library, which makes sense if you think about it on a technical level. If I approached you and said, hey, so we're going to take this Linux or Nix-based environment and we're going to apply permissions to like an additional set of permissions to every directory in the OS <laughs> and also control system functions like sharing your screen or accessing your microphone and other things. It's just a complicated uh, thing, but. Well, and realistically it would be targeted because there's a lot of attack vectors that would require those kind of permissions. They would, yeah. there'd be a lot of eyes to try to bypass it. So defender for endpoint can detect it. I will say it's kind of funny that, you know, you're bypassing yeah. something that doesn't even have an equivalent feature on Windows, right? It's like, <laughs> Windows is like, <laughs> Microsoft's like, no, that's not how you do it. You need to do it like this. We don't and, and, do that around here, says Microsoft, <laughs> but we bypassed it. <laughs> uh, I guess this also affects uh, time machine mounts. Uh, or there was another vulnerability. Those were previous exploits. Those are previous yeah. exploits for TCC. Yeah. Yes. So. And those those have been patched, and then this one was a newest. So like it, this is a iteration of you know uh, people attacking attacking or looking for vulnerabilities in TCC. So if you have Microsoft Defender for Endpoint running on Mac, it can detect this. It probably or, can't detect actual malware, but it can detect this. Or well, if you, know, you run Chrome you don't need OS, to detect malware because Mac OSs are invulnerable to malware. So well, it, it probably can't detect no viruses, that viruses. crypto. What, or whatever it was called. Uh, I made the, that correct. Yeah. The rat. The rat. The rat Sis that Joker? we already talked about. Sis Joker. Can't detect that, but it can detect TCC <laughs> bypasses. Don't you dare TCC bypass, but come on, Joker. <laughs> All right. Is that enough, Apple? Has Have we have we beat up Apple, Apple enough? Yeah. yeah. Have we, have we made there the point? There is one more. Apple. Apparently, they're in trouble for their encryption tech, but it's a Telegraph article and it's paywalled. So yeah, so I, can't I stopped. It. I turned around. <laughs> um, I hate paywalls. We do not do closed sourced articles. 
something about <laughs> they're in trouble over encryption. Kind of their thing. I, I wonder if that, well, I didn't read that one, but I wonder if it's related to the blitz of undermining privacy for chats. I, maybe that's, it's for about encryption, maybe. Well, realistically, there's only two ways you get in trouble with encryption. Either your encryption was too good or your encryption was too bad. That's, those are the only ways you get in trouble with encryption. Well, lately they're saying the encryption is too good, as I think. <laughs> nobody's like made new encryption i mean like you've either implemented it or you don't have it so you're either getting like beat down because you didn't implement encryption or you're either getting beat down because you implemented encryption and now nobody can like now like people are using it to talk anonymously yeah. nobody can we, read those messages yeah we've it's and then and then point. And then the next thing that comes up, this is like textbook, right? As soon as we can't read the communication anymore, child pornography, we got to stop it. Save and so kids. we have to save, save the kids, the children. save the kids. And so next thing we need to do is decrypt this information because if not, then all the kids will be. But um, this has injured. been going back since well before, I mean, things like the clipper chip and triple des and everything else. So Export basically, since encrypt, and since basically, since encryption started, we've had issues with wanting to either it's either been too good or not good enough. Yeah, really effectively, you could trace it back to as far as World War II. So, it, okay, so I am reading this article on someone. There's a news article that just pasted this article. Like there, <laughs> that someone has like reblogged this article, which I'll send it to Ryan. He can decide if it's worthy of posting. I mean, it, um, but yeah, basically. Um, this is about that Apple's private relay service, which is like, isn't that their like oh. VPN as a service thing that oh, they provide? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I know about this. Go ahead, though. So I, I don't actually know about it. Is it is it with iCloud Plus or whatever? You get access to like an Apple VPN? Is that what it is? Yeah. Kind so of, yeah. Um, Apple is providing a service uh, that with, with iCloud Plus it is the Apple's private relay, and it's designed to pretty much be like a always-on VPN um, mm -hmm. for your Apple device, right? And and you'll get uh, you won't guess who is mad about it: Vodafone, <laughs> Telefonica, Origin T-Mobile, who yeah. were previously profiting massively from mining their data, have officially hey. said we don't like this. We we even they they got together and signed a letter. <laughs> Yes, it was unfair that you had privacy. We are going to go ahead. And so what they did is they blocked it. Hold on, um, though. Isn't Vodafone owned by T-Mobile? Hold on. It doesn't matter. This. They're all one no, company. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm looking at the other names, too, and I'm like, isn't this all just one company? Like, they came together. They're, they're literally in the same office, I'm pretty sure. Ah, they even said it would undermine digital sovereignty. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> do they view them? Does, do do uh, cell phone providers view themselves as sovereign nations? Or what? I guess. No, data sovereignty, isn't. that's a real term, though. That has to do with, like, uh, data like originating inside of the US and then like exiting in some other country. Yeah. And I guess it makes but, sense because you have this obfuscation of like, well, if it's going through Apple's private relay, where is it coming from? We don't know. We can't apply GDPR regulations and all that so stuff. So here I think is the big reason they did it. Um besides uh Corey's statement about data mining um your oh, private that's the history. But, no, there's the other one. Hold on. This one <laughs> and this one I I think is also in the back of their mind. Because when you use a VPN, for the most part, they can't really tell where you're going or what kind of traffic you're consuming. And they want to know, is it Netflix? Is it whatever? So that they can throttle that traffic and keep bandwidth you know, restrictions at bay, right? So 
Yeah, I think that's the other thing too, because I know for a fact that all the carriers are very specific about those like Disney Plus and Netflix and stuff. They will throttle that traffic specifically on your phone, right? On purpose to, you know, keep a kind of a, what is it, whether it falls in your plan, all kinds of fun stuff, right? Yeah, um, they do like some data prioritization stuff yeah. and quality of service type things, but it really prioritize actual like voice over IP traffic over anything else. I mean, that's their phone company. It says I here mean, that their phone will, is so much. Go ahead, Corey. Their complaint was it will prevent others from innovating and competing in downstream digital markets. That no, sounds that's... like a good thing to me. I don't know what downstream digital markets are, but that does not sound. That sounds like downstream. I don't want anyone being downstream of my internet. Listen, yeah, yeah. listen. This comes down to like data uh, net neutrality, which is the other thing with like this prioritizing of traffic, right? If you give priority to Netflix, how do I start another Netflix alternative or whoever the incumbent is, right? And so paying for that speed or paying for that load, whatever it may be. And so they're like, what? Well, we can't charge Netflix extra to go faster if you don't let us know that it's Netflix. Right. So Yeah. And also we can't build networks that support traffic you know, enough because we need that money for shareholders. So instead, we need to be able to prioritize and just throw away all the traffic we disagree with. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like the iPhone, our Apple, excuse me, private relay is uh, not that private anymore because you pretty much have to turn it off. It was also beta too. Apple was like, yeah, it's still kind of beta. So, uh, <laughs> but to turn yeah. it off. <laughs> uh, so I guess we're going to all have to go to a different VPN. Sorry. Moving on to a new one. Well, when I watch YouTube, they say you should use NordVPN. That's what I yeah, speak. yeah. How much? Well, did that they pay has you been an ongoing <laughs> long battle with Netflix. Like, can you use Netflix over VPN? That is like, I think th- that has been a back and forth blow between Netflix and the VPN providers for years. Oh yeah. And I think recently Netflix kind of stomped everyone out, but I'm not really <clears> sure. <throat> Yeah, I haven't used Netflix in a while, but last time I checked, like I tried a whole bunch of stuff. They even detected it when I was like routing through DigitalOcean on a VPN. So I think Uh. that, yeah, I think there are still things. Like I know that Alinus Tech Tips did a video recently where they had like a box that you buy as a service that Mm -hmm. you put on your network and it's supposed to like get you netflix no matter where you live like that is but the you know service. how that works though like the no, way it's that a those bunch of VPNs, VPN. it's a bunch of vpns but the thing is that it makes you an exit point as well usually when i don't know about this particular box but usually the way it is when you do it you sign up for this like almost tourish type of network where you're an exit point and so if someone wants to watch tv in in the u.s then mm-hmm. they can exit through your network to get that and if you want to watch TV from Netflix uh, in China, like you exit through their relay. If um, that was so open like, source, that would be pretty cool. But having a company monetizing it is monetize it, sketch. yeah. But yeah. it is that like the concept is there. I mean, obviously, I assume it comes down to just DRM, right? I assume it's like, well, yeah. you know, we you could use basic AI stuff to be like, let's see, you're using a Netflix account that's in Canada and you're coming out of Morocco. Did you fly to Morocco? <laughs> no. Okay. No. I, I'm on business. I'm on business. <laughs> I'm on business. I deserve to watch my Netflix. That's one thing with Netflix that I never totally understood. I'm like, why not just say, you know, if you're a US registered Netflix account, effectively just 
I mean, I suppose you could sell them off and there'd be ways to bypass it. As we all know, demon hackers have been living in unity for years and years. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's really, I feel like it probably comes down to like a legal thing where they can't just sell like a Netflix US service. (laughs) Like like if they could, if they could be like, okay, you live in the UK and you want Netflix US, it's $25 extra a month. Like people would pay it. You know what I mean? But I assume they can't just, you know, they can't get away with that because of the regulations and broadcasting. Taxes. Yeah. Well, and like pretty much every time I talk to someone about this and they're like, it comes up like, hey, can you help me? Like, what do they want to watch? They want to watch The Office or something like that. Usually The Office, though, which got taken off of Netflix a while back. So that way the what is it? CBS could put it on their own streaming platform. So the reason they can't sell it in the U.S. is because it would compete with CBS, the streaming platform, but they don't offer it in China or wherever else. So therefore, you can watch it in China. Yeah. Now, it's a very complex shell game of different rights and broadcast domain stuff, but... I guess enough picking on Apple. Uh, we've hit them up for three stories. What about these scammers who are putting fake QR codes on parking meters, right? Uh, oh, for anyone this. It, yeah, this, this so one is great. If for anyone who hasn't had to pay for parking recently, pandemic or whatever, I don't know, maybe you don't own a car. But um, if you do have to pay for parking, a lot of the meters now have turned to these smart meters. And, um, you know, whether it's owned by the city or owned by a private company. And they'll have like a QR code up front, or you can like put your credit card into it. But a lot of them have like a QR code, and some of these will even be out the parking spots. So they're just like, oh, pay on the app, put the, you know, your maybe your license plate number in the parking or the and the license plate number and maybe the parking spot number and pay. So I guess scammers are putting fake QR codes and redirecting it to their own wallets. Yeah. Uh, so I have a story to go with this because like I, I for those who don't know, whenever you see a QR code, you should never scan it. Like, you I don't know why scan QR it. Codes, I always scan it. <laughs> you, I don't know why the QR codes are still a thing. I wasn't even interested in InfoSec when I was like hacking QR codes effectively. So the, the story I've told it on here before was back when I was in high school was when QR codes were really starting to become cool. Um, and everyone had these like mobile devices that you could take pictures of and stuff. So one of the like local clubs in the school had this like they put up these flyers and it just said, uh, club name and then there was a qr code and that was it and and basically it was like a google forms they were doing like some sort of survey or whatever else <laughs> and so what i did is i went to the computer lab and i printed off new qr codes and i made a sheet that said the same thing you know club name qr code but it went to a different google form for a different survey where i just asked really random questions and then later like just rickrolled them basically it redirected to rickrolling but like, I, like people, A, gave you really stupid information that they should never have given out. B, like all I had to do is walk around and like put up new QR codes. We then saw this with like COVID again when, when COVID first started and the restaurants were doing their QR code menus where people would make stickers with the same like look, look and logo. And then they would start putting them around there. People would scan them. And it would, I mean, and in the, in the thing is, is like, we see more and more often where we have these browser, like all you have to do is visit a link and your browser's compromised. And that also affects, like, it's, I mean, it's affected Safari some with some of these. Now, granted, you're not probably not going to find Apple. them in your local restaurant, but you cannot risk that. You should never scan a QR code. It is a terrible idea. <laughs> See, what's going to happen now, though, you're going to go to a restaurant in the very near future, maybe tomorrow. You're going out to eat. They don't have paper menus anymore. They only got QR codes. I, and I you told just them, told them you can't eat. <laughs> no, I, I do. I mean, I, I have stood on that before where I've, where I've gone there and they're like, oh, sorry, we don't have paper menus. I'm like, either give me a paper menu or you tell me what the special is and I'll go with that. Or I will. Just, leave, I will you just walk into every place and be like, 
Hey, I want a pepperoni pizza, Mamma Mia. <laughs> Mamma Mia. What I thought was funny, so this happened in uh, Austin, and city officials said they urge people to call 911 if they see someone without a city employee badge tampering with a pay station. So just like, dude, everyone, them, everyone using them, everyone using them looks like they're tampering, dude. I don't know about you guys, but every time I use one of these, I look like I'm tampering because I'm like, uh, no. Cancel, cancel, cancel. Like, cancel. I, I don't. The quarter's stuck. Why is the quarter stuck? <laughs> yeah. I uh, mean, but it's funny. They don't use them because there's really no alternative. But I guess to bring it full circle, we've ended up in a world where going to a bit.ly link or something like that is actually a better alternative. <laughs> so if you run a restaurant by chance, you need to present people with information. Either use a shortened link like, you know whatever bitly or any other shortener or just have a website that isn't stupid like your website shouldn't be pepperoni pizza dot weeble stuff dot angel fire dot co dot uk dot com dot well, amazon and and, and okay, okay liar okay liar whatever i'm sorry about miss butchering your name but he just posted a really good thing like he's like go to the restaurant's website and that is also another thing i'll do so like if you're going to do something like that make sure it's on your website make sure that there's an easy to see website you know austin meters.com yeah, just whatever. make it yeah exactly just make that's it that's way better than like a shortened link like well, really is just as easy to bypass as anything as the, well I, I mean i will say also now with phones at least on every iphone they have scanned to text so you can actually yeah. like it will ocr you could have just your website up and i can still scan it to scan it, a, yeah. a url and, you know what's and, funny is watching people who download like the alternative QR code apps, even though they have an iPhone or whatever. <laughs> and they're like, half of those literally are just like spyware. Yeah. Banking Trojans and everything else. Yeah. Paying $3 to download the QR code app. Every time I see that, every time I see a QR code app and it's like five bucks, I'm like, what service do you offer that makes it worth five bucks? I mean, uh, I mean, how can you possibly make scanning a QR code any better? But not not to uh, cut Corey off, though. He is right, though. They they will do, like, the text recognition on photos oh, yeah. now. So I guess if you run a restaurant, either just have a big whiteboard with your menu on it that everyone can see or have, you know, a better way than a QR code. Because even if Austin, Texas doesn't use QR codes, I mean, no one should yeah. be using them, I guess. Well, yeah. and if you're parking and you see a QR code, just don't pay because you don't know if it's real or not. Yeah, call 911 and say, I'm not going to pay for parking because it could be a cybersecurity threat. Thank you. Goodbye. I listened to <laughs> I listened to a podcast. They told me not to do it. And I, they also said call 911. So here we go. Well, that's, that's, yeah. Only if you're in Austin, Texas, I would like to say. No other city has consented to calling 911 for people parking. <laughs> <laughs> I will yeah. say honestly, the way some people park, you maybe you should, should call nine one one. You should, yeah. This is a hazard. To one, what's your emergency? This guy is seven like point eight turn. Inches. We've got a seven yeah. point turn. <laughs> so yeah, QR codes. Friends don't let friends deploy QR codes in production. I guess. Yeah, I guess through. Oh, so I know we talked about. Chromium OS, which is actually the most secure, or Chrome OS, which is the most secure OS that's ever existed in the world, and obviously is the ho chosen hotel OS um, for today. But I guess Chrome, so this is just the regular Google version as opposed to like the Chromium version, which is the open source version. Anyways, 
They're going to limit access to private networks, citing security risk. So it seems like we're going to circle right back around to this whole VPN, and now we can't read your data. So the new W3C specification. Oh, this is going to break so much. Oh, my God. I just read this. (laughs) So, So, Ralph, can I go to uh, the internal website anymore? Which which internal website? Any internal website. No, yeah. no, it's bad. <laughs> it's all bad. So, Wait, so this is right. going to block like RFC 1918 traffic too? <sighs> it's a security concern, guys. All right. All right. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Oh, so, it is. It says it right there. It blocks RFC 1918 stuff. Oh, uh, gosh. There's no way. All right. I guess I'm going to Firefox now. All right. And so, I didn't, and I didn't like Firefox due to the whole DNS over HTTPS so, thing. So, wait, how does it actually work? Chrome will start sending a core's prefront request ahead of any private network request for a sub resource, which asks for explicit permission from the target server. This prefront request will carry a new header, and the response to it must carry a corresponding header. Oh, the number of internal vendor applications that are going to break is. Countless. Astronomical. Uh, so Chrome yeah. was losing. Chrome was losing too many users to Edge, and so they said, "I know how we're going to fix this. <laughs> we're going to push them all to Edge simply because we're just going to break everything." Man, yeah. So that's the, a disaster. I, I guess more headers, the, dude. Everyone's enforcing content security policy. <laughs> X four. You know, there's so many headers that we're already doing great with after ten years of them being in the internet standard. So. Uh, so, all right. So, plugins, all right, are the reason why Chrome is doing this. Supposedly, when you download a plugin, you get access, or that plugin now can access those internal assets using those addresses. And so, this is kind of like or extensions, whatever you want to call them. And this is to protect that. So, it's kind of putting some authentication, whether you actually want that device to be able to access that local network, and so on and so forth, right? But as Corey has so eloquently put in multiple statements, this is going to break everything. So, yeah. can't wait. So, yeah, security in mind. Uh, we're breaking everything. Yeah, as Google would do, they're not going to ask you. They're just going to flip this on. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, like in Chrome settings, you can oftentimes turn some of this stuff off. I mean, surely they're going to leave an option to turn that off. If you are a company that is going to turn this off, please, while you're in there, turn off. Ask to save credentials as well. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I definitely think that this is one of those things. I. I I get I understand on the technical side why it's happening, but I just know that there are so many reasons why it's going to break uh, the traditional old school style applications. I mean, I really, I, I guess you could solve this problem by just using Google Cloud to host all your websites. That and, works. Uh, just pay me. Yeah. Yeah. If you host everything on the internet, there's, there's then you simple, don't have to worry about this. There's a perfectly simple solution. Just throw money at it. You can fix yeah. anything if you throw enough money at it. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, IPMI, you know, IDRAC 5 from 10 years ago will totally support this header, right? So yeah. I can't imagine it breaking anything at all. Oh, uh, no, it won't be. I think that's all. Well, we got more, but uh, that might be all the time we had. Did you guys have any other stories you wanted to talk about here? Besides, I mean, we severely beat up on Apple today. We gave Google Chrome the official approval for hotels and then also said that or Chrome or Chrome OS and then also said Google Chrome is about to break every website on your internal network. Uh, anything we missed? 
I think the last one we should end with is the uh, Albuquerque public schools attack. Oh, yeah. The reason why that's interesting is because they canceled classes because of the cyber attack. They didn't have a backup plan to get kids in school. Is this... Are we calling this a snow day? What are we calling this? It's a cyber day. That's what I call it. A cyber day? I I just want to point out, though, that now there are kids everywhere who are like... Well, not everywhere. There are kids in Albuquerque. (laughs) Um, who are like, I love ransomware. I want to be an, a ransomware operator when I grow up so I can help children like me. Uh, all right. So yeah, it's, cool. it says the cyber attack compromised some systems that could impact teaching. I got that one. Learning. I'm questioning student safety. <laughs> what? Yeah, dude, they're metal detectors. Um, uh, running metal detectors, metal detectors uh, and like camera systems. You'd be surprised how many like large scale camera systems run on windows. It's it's actually really ridiculous. Uh, I, I'm not surprised. What I am surprised is that we need that for student safety. It's well, going I, to be canceled tomorrow because of a cyber attack. That has got to be the most surreal message for a parent that just lives under a rock. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like a parent that isn't really with it. It is just like, go to school, Timmy. Mom, there's a cyber attack. Uh, no, there isn't, Timmy. There's not a cyber attack that canceled school. No one believes you. Yeah, there is, Mom. Check your phone. Oh, my, oh my. God. I was talking to Billy, and Billy knows this other guy. And they, yeah, there's definitely a cyber attack going on, I, I heard. And they canceled the metal detectors, so you don't want me to go. Because they don't have access, it becomes a matter of safety. Teachers have to take attendance every day, and if a student doesn't show up, they have to notify parents. If a student broke a bone in the school, they wouldn't know how to notify, all that kind of stuff. How did we live before this? How did we do I believe, it? I believe if I recall Rolodex? before... Before Paper. some of that, I mean, like Iowa is a little more behind on the times than some of those places, fancier locations. So, are you calling New Mexico fancy? Yes, New Mexico is fancy. What what I what I would say is, is like I remember very avidly, like in middle school, they had a clipboard and it literally just had all of our names on it, and they would check it off and then send it to the office, and then I they mean, would I- file it away in these giant filing cabinets that like filled an entire room. I think what actually happened in the back in the day is just no one paid attention. <laughs> It's like if you listen to old podcasts about like prison criminals or anything, a lot of times, like it was so trivially easy to break out of jail. Like, like they just didn't realize. Like, you could just, like, there was one person that just broke out of jail by climbing through a chimney. There was like a fireplace in the cell. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's just how it was. Like, who's at school today? I don't know. Looks like I did a head count. There's eight kids in there. So, should be good. Like, <laughs> you know, now it's just parents are. You know, expect so, a lot. Uh, yeah. So here's my question for the group. Do we think there's going to be more cyber days? Is that what we're going to call them now? It's like cyber, cyber school days off. They're going to have to build that into the calendar now? Like snow well, days? If you're in the South, I guess, yes. Because you I, don't I, have I think, snow I, days. I don't, to an extent, I don't know that my understanding of this attack was that the school wasn't necessarily the primary target. It was actually the city of Albuquerque, which systems were integrated with the schools. Oh, um, they didn't have any so segmentation. Was, That's a finding. Well, yeah, it is. Um, but there's a lot of schools that are integrated with their city, like their city IT systems, as well as police stations integrated with their city IT systems, too. But yeah, I, I do think. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Corey, the look on someone's face like what? It's a cyber day. Uh, we can't go no to school. Kid. I'm telling you, if the parent didn't get that call directly from the school, no kid could convince their parents it's a cyber day. Oh, but, well, hope, 
hopefully they didn't actually do any actual ransomware or, you know, some other, it sounds like they were successful at some level, but, um, you know, is this the new normal? It, it, it's actually kind of scary and, and not because of necessarily, but just that, that is that it's so common now and that these systems are so integrated and that the security is, you know, a budget line item that I'm sure is very ignored, right? There, well, there's probably a, a lot lots of these, other things. I mean, if we're talking schools, they can't even afford a proper IT guy, yeah, let alone yeah. a, a network security team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah, that comment by NC Cyber Threat Hunter is definitely poignant. Like, it, if you are heavily dependent on these systems, have you even identified that that is the case that you cannot have school without these systems, right? Like, is that, mm-hmm. have you ever even wargamed that to be like, okay, what do we do if there's no power, right? Like, <laughs> what are they going to do if there's no power? If they can't, you know, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, um, I guess they would cancel school. I mean, it's just interesting that the unavailability of certain systems is, is a cancelable event, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's time. This is the, probably the first of many, you know, I mean, we live in it, the future. It, yep. This is what happens. I mean, if you're dependent on these systems and they don't work then and and i mean you know the truth is we are dependent on these systems now and and more possibly than ever and you know a lot of these places have never thought about what if they go down right because they never go down amazon never goes down facebook never goes down i mean unless they lose the key or something i don't know what happened but (laughs) (laughs) i mean we do we get so reliant on these systems and we don't think about you know what we're going to do if they're not there so um maybe that's a question that especially people with small budgets should be thinking about right um, because either that or you need to invest more in security, which they do. But, you know, where does that money come from? It's not quite like a business that has a reputation and millions of dollars, you know, to to back that up. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely is one thing. It's the proof that cybersecurity and those who practice it are becoming more and more mainstream every day. Right. Like now yeah. it's we're up there with the weather for canceling school. We've achieved weather status. Oh yeah, my gosh. That's going to be a real job at like which, a news studio. Just Which is right. why last week we had the cyber news report. Of, yeah. You know, we've got some APTs coming in over New Mexico. Hopefully none of them hit, you know? Yeah. So, there's an APT alert on my phone on the weather alerts. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. But Yeah. This is how it is now. This is the new normal. We, we could make a Black Hills app that just has APT alerts. That's like a tornado warning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait. This sounds way too much like a threat intel feed. Quick. I know. We're, we're, we're down John, the road. That's yeah. the one that gets them in. We could, make, the we could make some fun siren noises that play when you get hit by an APT, though. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Just air horns. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i could just imagine you're just (laughs) get these what's that noise oh it's a cyber attack i swear (laughs) black hills is cutest in (laughs) i mean you've seen everyone has seen the movie hackers okay we know we can control traffic lights random office building lights i mean you know everything is running windows xp so and with that i think we're done yeah, I think we have. <laughs> we if have you got a cyber scared. day, you better at least watch one YouTube video on cybersecurity. Yeah, that's actually the homework for today. Watch one video that, if, on if your If you cyber are a day. kid watching this, first of all, what are you doing? Second of all, <laughs> go watch some YouTube videos about cybersecurity mm-hmm. and how you can prevent these attacks because it is possible. 
Believe it or not, it is possible. It's not the weather. You can't <laughs> stop a hurricane. <laughs> uh, all right. I guess with that, take us out, Ryan. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you guys next time. So do you like walk over to your shelf every morning and be like, today I feel like this keyboard, like like you put on like a pair of shoes? Pretty much. Today I picked two and I wasn't sure which one I was going to use. Nice. <laughs> this was the one I'm using right now because my wrist is hurting a little bit, but this is my like daily driver favorite. It's, this has box whites, which is like extremely clicky. Oh, that is that is a very satisfying sound. Yeah. And then I have so many more, some that I'm building and then a bunch more that I need to sell. That's that's how I got this. Like, and I got stuck on this after ever since. Is I walked to the shelf and I was like, "Well, I need a new keyboard," and I pulled it off. And then I got used to it, and I just never reevaluated it since. And before yeah. that, it was like an old HP keyboard that came with my XP box that I had. But for me, it's always the return or the tabs. Of course, I used to wear them out all the time because I was Linux admin. So you used I used tab a lot because I can't spell. And then return a lot just because it's Linux, but the the modern keys that you can buy are generally rated for at least a hundred million key presses. These things like, are not I don't know how often you hit tab. I, I a lot. Like my tab key is this the only reason this one's not worn off right now is because this is a relatively new keyboard. As in like it's less than six months old. Because I usually burn through a tab key about every six months. It's been a little bit slower since I've not been a Linux admin, but I still do plenty of Linux admin stuff around here. And we're going to change it from the news. We're just going to have the keyboard webcast. Today's keyboard news. We're all huge nerds. Please kill us. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's all about those sweet clicks.